No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. We are live with coaches Brian Curtis Longdone and Grant Wortman. We're talking about recruiting, which, by the way, there are three things that you've got to do in your business every day if you want to succeed in any business, whether it's real estate or anything else. That's lead generation, lead follow-up, lead conversion. When you grow, as you grow from tier one into tier two, you start to add recruiting as one of those lead generation pieces, right? So you're doing the same thing, these three things, lead gen, lead follow-up, lead conversion for for buyers and sellers, you're also doing it now for recruits. And the further up you go in the tiers, the more important the recruiting piece becomes. And by the way, the more important you make the recruiting piece, the faster you will grow through the tiers. So we're going to just turn it right over to uh, coaches Long and Grant, who actually have a workshop coming up uh, on recruiting. In fact, if you haven't done so already, get signed up for it. Go to clubwealth.com forward slash recruiting workshop. This is a two-day intensive done with you workshop. So it's not just education. It's literally, hey, we're going to teach you and we're going to implement with you during the workshop these strategies that we use to bring people in. So you're going to get ads out there. You're going to get recruits coming in. You're going to set appointments with recruits. You're going to learn the scripts. You're going to use those scripts on the recruits. We're literally going to put your value proposition together. All the things that you need to do to recruit people to whether whatever it is you're recruiting to, whether it's your team, your brokerage, your downline, if you're one of those agents, whatever it is that you're recruiting for, it, it all is, is the same process. So that being said, let's turn it right over to coaches Long, Grant, and Brian. Guys, welcome and thank you. Oh, and I, I almost forgot, WiseHire. Don't forget, you guys, one of the things that we use for recruiting is WiseHire. Works great. They're also our sponsor for the show. You can access them through clubwealth.com forward slash wise hire. So that said, I'm turning it over to you guys. Knock them dead. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> Excited to be here with the pro of all pros, Mr. Longdone. <laughs> um, excited to share a little bit about the recruiting stuff. And Brian, good to see you too. Um, so we're excited about the recruiting workshop. And uh, I think for me, I, I'll just share personally for me, <laughs> Uh, Club Wealth has been unbelievably instrumental for me the last two and a half years. So maybe a little bit about my story. I oh, am a broker owner in Oklahoma City. We started with around five people two and a half years ago, and we had just opened up. I realized I had no idea what the heck I was doing, and I desperately needed a coach. And so I called up Club Wealth, talked to Michael, gave me a great list of people to call through. I ended up connecting with coach Tim Ray, who is amazing boss of all bosses, great guy and super, super sharp. So he helped me figure out kind of the foundation of the brokerage, how to keep everything really healthy and strong and stable because I didn't want to be a brokerage that, you know, flip flopped uh, systems and processes and all that kind of stuff all the time. So he really helped me lay that foundation for, a, we, we went about nine months just kind of making sure things worked with about 10 people. And then he helped me transition into the recruiting phase. So from September of 2018 until the end of that year, we went from 10 people to about 35 people. 
And then it really started getting really fun and crazy last year, which is 2019. We ended 2019 with 135 people. And today, five months into the year, we're at 190 agents, which just is baffling. So I switched over to Long maybe six months ago, helping me figure out how to break into the next realm of brokerage stuff. And Long's been unbelievably helpful as he, um, they've recruited over 700 people in the last five years, which is out of control, ridiculous. So um, anyway, I'm I'm super thankful for uh, the coaches at Club Wealth and for the encouragement. I I personally can't believe that we are where we are. Um, for us in our area, I was looking yesterday. I think we're the seventh largest brokerage in all of Oklahoma City metro area, which is just it's ridiculous. <laughs> and so um, anyway. I'm thankful and I'm super happy and excited to share just little bits of what I've learned uh, over the last couple of years. So. Well, for me, uh, I was really excited when Michael invited uh, me. Uh, it's actually sort of been Mike Bonilla and myself. We're kind of a team together, as you guys all know out there. But uh, we're going to be in Seattle for two days. I was excited to visit the Pike Place Market, all that cool stuff. But, of course, we know what's going on. So it's going to be in Club Wealth U instead, which is also an awesome platform we have. Uh, Mike Bonilla and I came to Club Wealth, officially coached with uh, Coach Michael Hellickson, where we had 77 agents, I believe. We're at 520, and that's after letting go of about 200 agents, as Grant had mentioned. So we brought in about 700 agents in about five years. Um, you know, and uh, now Real Trend last year had us at 286 largest, uh, the 12 fastest growing brokers in America. So we're excited about that, Grant and I. Uh, it's going to be sharing for two days intensive. The one hour today is barely going to hit the highlight. I mean, even after two days, you guys might want to try out for another day. Just to make sure we put all these in place because this just doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. It's a system. It's a science. You got to have this down or you're not going to consistently do it. And like Michael said, we're in a people business. So if your priority is not to, to grow your human capital and recruit, even if you're a buyer or a seller, you're still recruiting buyers or sellers. Right, even if you're an agent. So you're constantly recruiting, and this, this will apply to everybody, even in your personal life, recruiting and surrounding yourself with good friends and, uh, and good people you know in your network. I love it. So talk to us about, what, what's the, first of all, why is it imperative that everyone out there, every agent watching this, so we, we've talked about how, look, in, in, in the coming years, you've either got to be on a team or you've got to be building a team. <clears throat> clearly everybody's got to have a broker that's requirement in real estate. So whether I'm a somebody recruiting to a team or someone recruiting to a brokerage, why is it so important? Why is this a paramount skill that we have to have if we want to survive the next couple of years? In fact, I would say even the next uh, 18 months. It's a great question. Long, what do you say? Yeah. If, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? So there are four stages that we all go through in the real estate, especially is stage one is to have consistent income. As an agent, 85% of the agents fail because you don't survive the first three years because have a consistent income to make it a living, a profession. Uh, the second one is being efficient. If you can do 10 deals a year, how can you do 20 deals a year without, uh, um, you know, working more? But then the last one is scaling to start growing, to have a team on you can do more because you cannot work forever and ever and we all only have a certain amount of time that you cannot do more transaction because you're going to cap out a certain point. So no matter what, you got to be thinking about growth. And part of that is recruiting 
And once again, you know, uh, it doesn't matter if it's a team or brokerage because to me, a team is just a mini brokerage. Just that the team is more profitable because in the word brokerage, there's a word broken it. So if you don't know what you're doing, you're be broke at owning a brokerage. So you definitely, if you a brokerage, you got to be recruiting even more than ever. That should actually be 50% of your job as a broker is to recruit. Yeah, absolutely. So the phrase work smarter, not harder comes to mind for recruiting. And I think um, so much of recruiting is just taking the time to think of a system that's going to benefit the people around you and help them do really well in their, in their life and their business and whatever. So if you figured out a good system that works for you personally to sell, and if you take the time to learn how to share that system with other people, you're going to bring so much life into the people that are around you. And coincidentally, as you bring life into them and they begin to thrive in new ways, it's going to open up new doors for you as well. So you can, you know, kick butt and go sell a hundred houses by yourself for the next 50 years. Good luck trying not to burn out or you can implement a system and help them do really well. And then like it's a win-win situation and then give yourself more flexibility and freedom to do the things that you're passionate about as well. Yeah. And I think you guys are both hitting on the head and that's what this workshop's going to be about. And I, it's, I think it's a lot about what we're going to kind of start delving into today is, you know, anyone can say, go call people, go send emails, hire wise, hire, and I'm not against any of those things, but they don't work just like any other lead generation. It's not sitting down for one day and lead generating for eight hours and then not doing it again for six months and then doing it for eight hours and not doing it. So it's that constant thing because, and I think Long said this and and I agree with it, is you're either growing or you're either growing or contracting. I find it very almost impossible to be static, whether I want, even if I want to be the amount of time, amount of energy it takes me to be static, I might as well grow. So, you know, it's all about having a system in place. And so I, I'm going to just kind of defer back over to you guys. Let's just talk about step one of the system. I mean, you're like, so I'm a guy who's, let's just pretend I've never recruited a single agent. Maybe some people came and joined my team because we were buddies. We hung out, we drank beer together, whatever. But what about those people who, you know, that's a short list for most of us. Okay. So I recruited five people. Now what do I do? So let's just take that, that, that first step because it's like to your point Lon, this, we can't in an hour, we're not going to, we're not going to build a recruiting system, but let's at least talk about what the first step is. And you want to take that to get started? Um, sure. So for me personally, I think the first step of recruiting comes down to what are you recruiting to? What have you created? What have you put together? What are, you have to be unbelievably crystal clear about what you have to offer and where you're going and then how people can fit into it. If they don't feel like they can find a place inside of what you're building, then I think internally in the back of their mind, they're going to realize that and they're not going to be interested in coming to join you at all. So e even if you have all the flashy, you know, business cards and postcards and websites or whatever, like if you don't internally know, this is what I have this is where I'm going, this is how this can benefit these people, uh, it's just not going to work. So you got to be unbelievably crystal clear about that and to get really clear about how to communicate that in a way that's attractive and concise and easy for people to visualize themselves inside of your ecosystem. Good, man. I mean, I'm proud of you. Obviously, I get an opportunity to work with you, so it's like you're talking my language here. So it's awesome. I like to that, obviously. We are in the people business. So at the end of the day, it's all about alignment. 
right? There's a lot of good brokerages out there. Most agents come to it, they love their broker. There's nothing personally, there's nothing personal about it, but it's a business decision that we're just better aligned for them because where they are in their growth, in their, in their journey, right? But one thing we do know is this, we focus a lot on the, the because the people business, Brian, we focus a lot on the culture code, okay? So for us, the culture code is, number one, people are gonna wanna be with you because they wanna feel safe. So when they come to you, they know that when they come to club, well, we're not gonna let them fail, right? That's feeling safe, they, they surround themselves with people. And the number two is feel connected. They feel connected with Brian, you know, with Brandon Landro, with Coach Mike Bonilla, because who we are, like we represent something. Uh, same with, uh, with the brokerage leadership team. And the third one is, is to share future. Are we all going somewhere together, right? Are you going where I wanna go? Are you gonna lead me to the promised land, wanna call it that? Yeah. The leadership team and everything set up, am I gonna go from 10 to 20 transactions a year and have more time with my family? So at the end of the day, that's probably the first thing that we, we try to, to, to get across, Brian, is that before you go into the actual, I call it uh, unique selling propositions, unique recruiting proposition, right? The URP. You got to give them why it should be us versus the other brokerage they're at right now. But before you get to, to those, it's even more important that they are a good alignment with you as people. Because as people, we want to surround ourselves with the same mindset and the same type of people where we're going. Absolutely. So I hear, <clears throat> I hear this all the time. You know, people aren't, and this is more on teams than it is on brokerages. I'm going to guess that the majority of the people who are watching this are probably going to be recruiting to a team. I know there's going to be people like you guys and like me, you also have a brokerage, but I hear this all the time. People get focused on splits and people get focused on, well, you know, no one's going to want to work for 50% or no one's going to do that. So what I want, what, here's a, a a question for you guys and this is a and I, and I want I'm going to throw my two cents in here too one of the things I want everyone to think about remember this when you're recruiting and then I want it I just want you guys to talk a little bit about splits and different things because that's the objection we hear but remember this and this is something I got from somebody I think it's brilliant people will leave your brokerage for the exact same reason that they came to your brokerage. So if you're a person out there offering super high splits, you know, you're offering 90%, someone else is going to offer them 95. So what Long and Grant were talking about is value proposition. So keep that in mind. If your value proposition is to be cheap, you're going to be a turnstile. So, you know, what is your value proposition, I think is a huge thing to start off in. And maybe you guys want to share some of what that's about. Well, I'll touch on the split part first, because right, that's always one part of the, the value proposition. There's a lot to it, but that's what everyone leads with. That's like when we do a listing presentation. What is the seller always going to say? What's your commission, right? Well, you want to say, well, let me share with you all what I'm all going to do first, because if you don't provide the value, it doesn't matter the commission. But what they're really asking is, unless you know the true objection, you can't isolate and, and overcome it. And what they're really asking on the split line is, what am I going to make? Mm -hmm. okay? So if you can show them all the things that are gonna help them make more money, the split can be 30%, they'll go there all day versus 100%, because 100% of zero is still zero. So I'm good at that math, yeah. On your value proposition. And the other thing too is to keep them, you said the same reason they leave, same reason they, they come to you and vice versa, is again, it's not all about money. People wanna be proud of where they work with, especially millennial, where they're going. They wanna know their why. They wanna make sure their why is aligned with the brokerage why. So yes, they all want to make more money, but at the same time, they want to feel like they're, they're, they're being a part of something. And owning a home in America is an American dream, you know, especially for me not being from America originally. You know, the house still there was from my grandpa, who we lived in with my parents, who my uncle lived in, who now cousin lived in. You can't just go buy a house like here, you know? So 
So, so it's pretty cool to be a part of the journey here for people to achieve the American dream. So when, when you have that provided to them, the split is now not the primary, but it's the secondary. Yeah. I so let me, let me just ask really quick, Brian, before you ask your next question, could everybody watching right now, can you just type into your screen, if you're recruiting to a team, type in recruiting to a team. If you're recruiting to a brokerage, type in recruiting to a brokerage. If you're recruiting to something else, like, uh, you know, if you're recruiting people into Keller Williams or EXP for your downline or whatever, then type that in. And if you're not recruiting at all, type that in. I just want to get a feel for who's watching and, and, and make sure that the message is tailored to the people that are watching right now. That said, Brian, keep going. This is great stuff. So type that into, your, into the Facebook chat right now, everybody. Actually, Grant was going to add to mine. So, Grant, what were you going to say? Go ahead, Grant. Yeah, I'll just drive that point home a little bit more. So, this yesterday, actually, I had a uh, phone call with a former broker in town. He used to run his own brokerage, he and his wife, and he's considering joining our team. So, not the brokerage, but the, the actual team. And as we're talking, essentially, he's saying, I, I just never fully caught how to get after it and make money in real estate. And I need somebody to show me, like, what do we do? And so we, we actually talked about that scenario. Like, look, you get it 100%. Literally in your case, 100% of no deals is worthless. It's a total waste of time. If we can show you how to make real money, even if you're giving up a third of it, then it's worth it. Like, you're going to make so much more money. And he, uh, he's a great guy. He's kind of been through all the seasons of life. And he wholeheartedly agreed to it. So if you're recruiting to a team, um, you have something tremendously valuable. If you figured out how to, how to work your way up through the tiers, if you figured out how a system that's closing deals consistently, you have what so many agents in America don't have. You have something very valuable to help them with. And if you can somehow figure out how to package that and communicate it in a way and begin to get the word out, people are going to want to come and be a part of what you have to offer because you're doing what they want to do. It's plain and simple. Okay. So yeah. here's, yeah, here's my next question for you guys as, as we walk through this, because we get a lot of people that I talk to on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, and they're so worried about retention and this is one of the things that I think that we're making mistakes as, as an industry. I think it's delusional to think that people are going to come and join our team or join our brokerage and stay for 50 years. I'm not saying that we don't have that one out of a hundred people who's going to stay forever. You know, I've got some of those that I believe that with, but I mean, heck, I just lost my principal broker two weeks ago. So, and that's okay. You know, we replace that person and we're recruiting and we still have people coming in, but my, here's, here's the thing. I think people may make mistakes. They're looking for this person who's going to be on their team for forever. So I don't personally do that. Like I'm looking for someone who is going to stay with my team for a minimum of one year. And I'm hoping that they're going to see value in that. And hopefully they'll continue to stay. But if they don't, that's okay, because we have more people coming in. What is your guys objective when you hire someone? Are you look, do you have a year, two years, five year, 10 year um, idea behind them? And you know, what's your average retention along those lines? That's a good question. So as far as the brokerage goes, I know that Long and I both have the same thoughts in terms of our favorite agents are um, the ones who they know how to take care of themselves. They know how to crank through the deals. You know, they're doing like 10 to 15, maybe 20 deals a year. Um, they don't need a whole lot from us. They just want a place to like get in and do their thing and work. <laughs> and so um, those are our favorites because they're, they're fairly easy and they, they tend to not have too many um, problems or issues and they stick around for a long period of time for me personally with my team. So we have a team of about 18 people 
And with our team, honestly, we're looking for a similar scenario. I'm not personally looking for the super high performers. And this is where Long and I currently are on different paths, but I'm not currently looking for super high performers. I'd rather have a giant team. I want a team of 50 of people doing 12 deals a year. Um, and they're making the kind of money that they want to make for their family. And they're going home happy. And the team is doing a tremendous amount of volume. And then if a few people leave, which is inevitable, it's going to happen no matter who you are, no matter what you have to offer, then it's not, it's not quite as painful for you. So um, that's, that's where we're at currently. Um, Long does it a little bit differently. Yeah, so, so at the end of the day, we talk about growth, right? So it's counterintuitive to think retention and growth should go together. When people grow, they should no longer feel they are aligned with wherever they're at because you want them to keep growing in their journey. So both reps like do have the structure that something we're the same at is team and a brokerage. So we do have a team, and sometimes our team member do, you know, uh, grow outgrow our team. Because on our team, our biggest value proposition is uh, providing them with leads and also give them extra support, like process their file, do a bunch of stuff for them. Because there are two types of people. First of all, the do-it-yourself and, uh, and a do-it-for-me, right? Mm -hmm. You think they're do-it-for-yourself until they realize they can't. So then they, <laughs> they become the, the, most of the time, it's 80% is do-it-for-me. Exactly. So the people on the team are those. They're like, hey, just do it for me. I'm going to show me where the deers. I'll go shoot them. I don't want to go track them. I don't want to go around. I don't want to go buy the bait. I don't want to do any of this stuff. I'm just really good at shooting the deer. Tell me where they are, okay? And I'm okay to get just the right leg. I don't need a whole deer, right? But I'm gonna get three, four, five of those legs a month versus maybe one deer every three months. So, so that's the people that would be for the team. They outgrow the team. In our structure, they can go to brokerage. Okay? So in our journey, we'll allow them to go to brokerage so they can grow them as a solo agent themselves or now start building their own team, okay? And for some reason, they also outgrow the brokerage and they go to the and again, nothing personal. It's just not an alignment anymore. And matter of fact, on their way out, we wish them more luck and we're better, nicer for them. We're more cooperative. We help them move all their transactions because we learned that the one who want to come back, half of them come back to us because they realize the grass not always greener because someone's always promising that you just show up here and we'll give you money. You don't have to work at all. Well, we all know that's not true. So, But, but that's the sense they get. That's right. But what you do say, Brian, is that it's good just to track your retention mm -hmm. so to see what your average is. Uh, for us on the brokerage side, um, I, we always have about 10 to 15% to, to attrition. But for us, it's purposely. Mike and I actually, um, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? So every time we add on three to four really good agents, that's something we're a little bit different with Grant and, and, and I, is that we start uh, asking the one who are not engaged, okay? You're not doing anything, you know, you're not showing up to training, you're not looking to grow, we're not the right place for you. You should go down the road, there's not a shop down there that will pay you 100%, <laughs> you know, and you just park your license there. Uh, and then when you're ready to grow, come back to us, it's nothing personal. So, so we have intentional attrition uh, because of that. Whereas Grant, right, with his heart too, bless his heart, he want to help everyone grow, even if they do one or two a year, maybe they'll do three or four. Uh, for us, it's know that we have limited resources, focus on the people who need our help more than others. Well, I, I love that. Go ahead, Michael. Well, I just really quick, I just want to throw out there that, you know, I'm glad you brought up the whole people come back thing. Uh, I think a lot of times when someone leaves a brokerage or a team, the broker or the team leader 
kind of their attitude toward it sometimes is like uh, Mr. Wonderful on uh, Shark Tank, right? You're dead to me. Right? And it's like, it's, that's the completely the wrong attitude. Instead, long what you've done and what we do as well is we embrace those people and say, hey, look, we love you. You know what? If it's not the right fit right now, it's not the right fit right now. The doors open. We love you. Well, and I, and I say this as assuming these people are not a cancer and that they're not somebody that we wanted to have them leave. Uh, but I got to tell you, like just in Club Wealth Coaching, for example, we had five people come back to Club Wealth Coaching last week. That's just last week. Uh, and these are, these are people that previously, for one reason or another, felt like the coaching wasn't the right fit for them, or maybe they couldn't afford it at the time or whatever, but they've come back to the family now and they're, and they're back in coaching because they understand, having been here already, they understand what value we bring. And I think you guys need to make sure that, and, and I'm, not, I'm not speaking so much to our panelists as I am to everybody out there, you need to understand that if you're bringing a ton of value and if you truly care about these people and if you truly care about their success and if you really give everything you got to help them be successful, guess what? A good number of them are going to want to come back. Are they going to leave from time to time? You bet. It's going to happen. And you can't take it personally. You just got to keep pressing forward and keep being nice. It's interesting. When I worked for a big box brokerage and I was on staff, um, I won't mention that brokerage doesn't really matter, but um, they actually had a plan. And this is a big, 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 big brokerage. And I'm talking nationwide, maybe 30% turnover. That means for every seven or every 10 people that they were going to hire, three were going to leave. Now, that being said, they still had a growth plan. But I think it's an interesting idea. I think one of the things that happens is we have this, uh, this desire to act small when we become big. And I think that's something I'd like you guys to talk about that a little bit. You know, and I've literally had this conversation with a coaching client prior to this call. When you have five people on your team, it's really tight and it's really strong and it's really awesome. And there's some great stuff about that. As a person who had a five person team one point in time, it's kind of fun. Like you go out, you have dinner together, you hang out, you call, everyone kind of works together, supports each other. And that's great. But as you get bigger, there's, it's going to be different. And as it becomes bigger, you need to have a higher retention rate because you don't have that tight knit where you're hanging out with people all the time and doing all that stuff. So if you have the same retention rate that you had when you had five agents, when you have 25 agents, you've got some people who are, who aren't serving you anymore and you're not serving them. So, you know, that's an important thing to understand as we move forward. And I'd love to hear how you guys are handling stuff like that. Um, so number one, you're totally right, Brian, because system run business, people run systems, right? If you don't have that mentality, you can never grow or scale because at some point you don't have enough people to run the business and you keep hiring the people without the system process. You can't train them in. Left hand doesn't know what the right hand doing. It will, not, it will be a mess. So your problems just get magnified when you try to grow with people before you grow, you, you, you do your system and your process. So for us, uh, first of all, again, we talk about the culture code. So we spend a lot of time making sure our people know to feel safe, to feel connected, and we have a fair share. And we do that by having system of one-to-many communication. We constantly communicate to our agent with a Facebook group, video. We use broker kit. We send messages out to them. And, and then to let them know that the one-to-many, we encourage them to engage with us one-on-one -on -one if they need to, because Mike and I and our leadership team do coaching. Okay, So we don't force people to coach with us, but we encourage one-on-one uh, you know, having an open door. So that's, that has been really, uh, really good for us, Brian. Uh, and that, that has helped us. We, we, we're kind of known as, we're the fifth largest real estate company in Minnesota now. We're kind of known as the, the big real estate company that nobody knows because we're kind of small. Like it's a family feel. When everyone comes, you hear the people literally say, congratulations and welcome to the family. Literally, what we say, you know, is, is the culture we have. 
So people feel like a family, like club 12. Mm-hmm. I don't, we still first started working with you, Michael. I don't know how many we have. <laughs> Not so, nearly this many. <laughs> yeah, now it's at the event, like five, 600 people, right? But it's like yeah. a reunion. Everyone, hey, how are you doing? You got this. Yeah. So it's really, it's, it's definitely more challenging, but if you have process system in place, it can work. But long, you know, to your point, for it to be, to, for it to feel like a family, that starts at the top. That starts with you as the team leader or the broker. You know, you've got to actually care about people more than money, right? And 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 I know that's really easy to say, and I know you guys all do, but it's it, you can't say it enough. You can't. You know, we have to talk about this because for culture to have a place to grow love has to exist. If you really, if you don't generally care about people, if you, if really you just see people as a dollar sign, they're going to feel that they're going to, they're going to sense that. And they're going to understand that, Hey, look, given the choice, this person is going to choose money over our relationship every time. And if that's the case, Lord help you, you're done before you get started. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll add to that grant before you jump in, like for, so leadership, what you talk about, Michael, like that's extremely important. That's why people come to you. You don't realize that. That's why they come to you. That's why they stay with you because the leadership and uh, anyone can lead people through easy time. It's challenging and tough time when real leaders emerge. Like for us lately with the COVID-19 and all this other stuff in Minneapolis, right? Uh, with the, uh, right here, the epic center of, uh, of George Floyd. So yeah. guess what we have done in both? We got on, addressed the agent, sent our broker kit, let them notice what's going on, we care. Uh, you know, on, on birthday, I personally, the CEO founder sent out by text, happy birthday, you know, uh, we see people post on Facebook group that they're struggling. One of us reach out, go, are you okay? Can we help? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we dedicate the time and the process to it because you're exactly right, Michael. We truly care, and that comes across from the top down. So caring is not, not just a state of being. It's, a, it's an active, it's, 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 a, it's a proactive action, right? It's literally something you do proactively. I'm sorry, Grant, you go. You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, like you have to, you have to have the thoughts and the system to get it in place so that it's a consistent piece. But it reminds me of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which I love the concept because it essentially says the highest performing people cannot perform at their highest unless everything beneath it is taken care of. Like they feel like their stuff is taken care of. They're able to pay their bills. They feel loved. They have a place to be and they're a part of a family and then they produce at the highest level. So if you want a team or a brokerage that is producing at great levels, you have to have to have to have that love big piece of the puzzle, making sure that that is from the top down throughout the whole system. Everybody has that mentality of we're going to care for each other. We're going to help each other get there. And then everybody produces at a higher level. It's so simple. Okay. Oh, go ahead, Brian. So I was just going to kind of piggyback on some of the stuff. So one of the things that I, that I believe in, and Grant, I don't know your business as well, but I also work with Long, so I've got a pretty good feel for a lot of the stuff that he's doing. But I believe that you're probably doing the same thing. One of the things that I think is super important, and I think that we can build a momentum on, and I'd love to hear you guys share about this as well. I, I think about the boulder rolling down the hill. It's like it gains momentum or the snowball that starts as this and becomes this. And I think part of that reason is, is understanding how people interact in 2020. You know what? I mean by that is if I'm going to go and do anything with any business, where am I going to start? You know, it's just like we talk about this all the time when we talk about when we talk about internet leads. Well, where and you know, I, I heard somebody say this: everybody's an internet lead in 2020. They really are. I mean, 94% of people start online. Guess what? If you're calling somebody and talking to them about your brokerage, you know what they're doing? They're going online. They're reading your reviews. They're 
they're, and here's even more importantly, they're starting to f- try and figure out your culture. So yes, culture is super important for retention, but here's the thing I think a lot of people miss. Culture is super important for recruiting because yeah. if one of the things that I do with every single person I talk to is, Hey, talk to Eric, talk to Dina, talk to Bob, talk exactly. to Sue. And you know, they're going to, they're not going to believe me. Why? Because I'm trying to recruit them. You know, I've got a whole vested right. interest in these people coming. Theoretically, these other people, it's not even in their best interest. They're, so, you know, building that is important. And I'd love to hear how you guys are doing that both yeah. online and offline. Well, and just a shout out to you, Brian, yesterday, your post about Eric, um, promoting him to, to broker. Like that was such an honoring post in so many ways. Like you, it, it it, it was just so sincere from your heart about how much you trust a good this guy. guy and care for this guy. <laughs> but anybody who's interested in what you're doing out there in Arkansas, they're going to look at that post and be like, wow, this guy really knows how to honor people. He knows how to care for people. I want to be around a leader who cares for people. That's fantastic. So that you're exactly right. Like the Facebook piece of it, the online presence learning how to consistently recognize and acknowledge people going out of your way. Like long was talking about texting people to be connected with them. It all plays a huge part into the culture and the recruiting piece. Yeah. So online presence, I like to actually use the word omnipresence. Omnipresence is just being widespread or constantly encountered. Right. I'm just reading up right off the internet right now. Okay. Omnipresence. Why? Because we're in the people business. So right today in the internet, online, offline, you said, uh, Brian, you're everywhere. So because of that, you got to be careful what you say or do or public, right? Because that's how people judge you. Because, uh, as human, we, we make decisions based on what's called a re- uh, relative advantage and context. That's how we do. We always compare. You know, I want to make more over there. I want to get more lead over there. I want to get more training, right? We're comparing. So how can you do it without being compared to somebody? You have to have something special, different, and unique that can't be compared. But yet, be enough out there so people want to have a shot of sitting down talking to you. So you have the shot of showing them, which is you know, one of the biggest things we're going to train in the two days is, is the recruiting ads and how to get them out there. Like This is huge, right? You can have the best brokerage in the world, but if no one knows about it or talks about it, exactly. how come and see you know, so that's so the online, offline you're talking about, Brian, those will be how we'll generate the leads. And then from there, you need to learn how to, to make sure it's a good alignment. You convert them. Well, and to your point, it all, it, it's all of it, right? You can't just do one thing in a vacuum. You've got to do all of these different things. And that's, I think, a piece that's missed by a lot of folks. Uh, you know, it's just like lead generation, having one lead generation source is weak, but when you have a whole bunch of different lead generation sources, mm-hmm. they feed off of each other. Likewise, if, if I'm recruiting to my brokerage, my team, whatever, I dial in my culture, I get great people in there, I make sure that the people coming into my funnel from the top end are getting immediate and quick access to those other people that are having a great experience in my brokerage or my team. I make sure that as people come in, that first two weeks is mission critical, right? That's the honeymoon phase, right? The first two weeks someone is here, I want to make darn sure that I'm getting testimonial videos from them, that I'm promoting those testimonial videos on Facebook. I'm pushing out to the previous brokerage they were with, to the, pre- you know, the people that, that are in their sphere of influence. Why? Because that's the time that other agents are asking them, why did you make that move? Why are you over there now? Is it a good place to go? How's their onboarding process? You know, are you doing more business now? 
And as we get those questions happening, conversations happen, they are excited right now because they just came in. They've been welcomed by all these people. They're being treated like a member of the family. And boom, guess what happens? Now they're recruiting more people and it starts to really, to Brian's point, it has that snowball effect. Uh, now we've got a couple of questions for you guys uh, from people that are watching right now. Uh, by the way, Mark C. Dale asks, is this Zoom meeting intended to sell uh, people your uh, your workshop, uh, the, the recruit, the done for you intensive workshop uh, on in, uh, I believe it's June uh, 18th and 19th. Is that right? Something like that. That being said, Sure. I mean, it's not designed for the, the design for this is we just want to bring you a ton of value, whether you join us for the workshop or not. There's listen, we'll be honest with you. There's literally only 15 seats available for that thing anyway, because it's done with you. So we have to have enough people to really help people implement these things during the workshop. So not everybody watching this is going to be able to go anyway, or I should say be able to attend online anyway. Uh, the real purpose here is just bring value to you guys. So Kyle Crawford asks, what's the profile of an agent that you have had the most success recruiting and staying with your brokerage or team? I'm assuming you mean long-term. Uh, so in terms of transactions, volumes, years of experience, all that, what does that profile look like? Are you guys hiring new agents, more experience? What do you think? That's good. I mean, mine, uh, we've only been around for two and a half years. So I don't know that I can speak to long-term anything, but uh, for my team, team's only been around for a year and a half. So for the team, we love people who do three to eight deals a year. We're very, very successful at helping those people double or triple or quadruple their business. And we love that. So we target that group very, very clearly. Um, we love that three to eight for the team. For the brokerage, um, I like we talked about earlier, I love that 10 to 15. But um, really, my heart is I want people to to do what, like, what do you want to do in real estate? I want to get behind you and support you in that thing. Um, so, you know, that can be three to 50. It doesn't matter. Uh, we like everybody at my records. <laughs> I love well, that. For, for me, uh, it, I have a 10 step, Mike and I put together a 10 step recruiting process. That'll be again, a plug for those who lucky enough to make the workshop that we'll go through it. Okay. And we'll work with Grant and we're going to merge our, our styles together. But it's all about, uh, you got to know your end goal. What, what are you trying to do? Uh, you know, a team, a broker, what are you trying to do? Because you got to know your end goal first before you can reverse engineer back and build in process system and structure to grow. So the agent profile will be based on how you structure your team or your broker. So then you know who you are. So for us, we're more targeted. We go after the people that the profile we want because we do know them. So instead of an 80-20, we have kind of a 20-60-20. Our top 20% do 20 or more transactions a year. Okay, market that's pretty good. I think for most market that's pretty good. Uh, depends on your compensation structure. And then our 60% do about eight to 20. Okay, and then our bottom 20, you want to call it that, do about four to eight. We actually rarely bring on brand new agents. Um, so the four to eight give us opportunity to help them grow, usually on teams, until they get to eight to 20, and then the eight to 20. They can double their business and keep learning more efficient. And 20 plus, we help them grow their teams and, and their structure. So because of that, we know we go and target them, we bring them on, and then that's how we're able to keep them because in our model, we also allow for growth because we know it's a journey, right? We talk about growth, growth all the time. If they grow from four deals a year to eight, they, things going to look different for them. Now technology might be more important because now they can organize things in the database, right? And then we do about 20 a year. Now, uh, an, an admin or an assistant might be, uh, you know, important. So how do we help coach them through all that stuff? Mm -hmm. so 
you got to allow for growth. If you don't have it in your brokers, then you got to be okay, like Brian said, with attrition. Because one thing, I'll grow you. They are going to go somewhere else unless you to provide them that next stage to grow into and, and, and keep them there. One of the things that I'd like to add about teams, and I think this is a mistake that I personally made, and so that's why I want to share it. So um, be careful recruiting really high producers to your team. And I know as I say that out loud, people are like, what, that's insane. But I've done it a couple times. Um, the most recent time I had a, an agent come on my team, and, and I accidentally recruited her to my team instead of my brokerage. And I mean accidentally because we were just talking. She'd reached out to me, and, and I just started telling her about my team. And I, I'm excited about my team, and I'm motivated about my team, and I think my team's awesome. And I talked her into thinking my team was awesome. And then three weeks later, she left my team and took two two other agents with her so and i and i don't hold that against i don't think it was malicious but my point is it makes almost no sense and michael's probably going to disagree with me but that's okay that's our that's our roles it makes almost no sense to try and recruit somebody doing 25 30 deals on their own to a team because that person doesn't need you and you can almost never offer them enough value to get them to stay now I'm not saying that if someone comes on your team and they're doing 25 to 30 deals that they're going to want to leave, that's, that's different. What I'm talking about is someone who's already out there, who's already doing those 25 to 30 deals a, a year. They've got to do 60 deals a year on your team to make the same amount of money. And at some point in time, you run out of hours in the day to go show property. So, well, you're saying well, I, I agree and disagree on that because, again, it's all about the, the, the agent profile, right? Mm -hmm. Profile like your hunter. They'll say, again, just feed me the lead. I'll go kill 30 deals a year and make my 50 split, and I'm fine with it. But if you got your farmer or your people who, who work their speed, build the business up, they're going to not want to give you that because they feel like they're responsible for making that deal. So you're right, Brian, on your team, you'll be lucky if you did have someone do 20-some deals because they're just like, just tell me where to go get the deal. I don't want to prospect at all. But those will have shorter life uh, time with you because they get burnt out eventually. Uh, yeah. And, and here's what I'm saying. I've got people on my team that are doing 40, 50 deals a year, but they're on my team. And before they were on my team, they weren't doing 40 or 50 deals on their own. What I'm saying is I'm not and, and again, I, I, I brought the person in doing 25 deals on their own. I'm not saying that you don't take a chance on that person. You might, what I'm saying is don't spend your time going after the person who's doing right. 25 to 30 deals a year, because realistically it's not the best deal for them. It really isn't. And I'm not trying to, you know, it's just not the best deal. And Michael's like, it's the best. It's not. Do the math. <laughs> well, and, but Brian, I've done the math. And I can tell you that for some people, it is the best deal. And I'll tell you why. Because if I'm out there doing, you know, 20, well, let's just say 30 transactions a year on my own. Mm -hmm. I've got overhead that I don't have on a team. I've got, I've got lack of leverage. I don't, I don't have the leverage that I get on a team. Whereas I can bring that same person into a team. I can provide them with the tools, tools systems, technology, support, uh, leads, everything that can allow them to now, instead of doing 30 transactions a year, to do 60, 80 transactions a year, and by the way, have a lot less time invested, have, have more leverage now, have a lot less money invested, so their profitability is a lot better. Uh, yeah, no, I completely so, disagree with that. So I'll, I'll, I'll agree and disagree with you. Let me tell you where I disagree with you. You can't do it on the buy side. I you can do it on you can 100%. do it on the list side because well, I've done the, it on the buy side. I've, I've done it. I, I, I don't want I don't want to start a comment. Well, I don't want to start. I think you're both right. I think you're both totally right. I think it goes back to what Long had to say as far as the personality type of the person. I think if the person wants to do that, it's a great fit to do what mm -hmm. Michael said. And if the person doesn't want to, then it's a great right. fit to have them as yeah. a broker. And I can speak from the broker right. side 
the people who do high producing numbers are very easy to get off of those teams and into my brokerage because they're giving away so much money at some point they're going to do the math and they're going to be like, well, crap, I could do a third as much business and come over to where you're at. Sounds good to me. So that, I think that's they're all the way right. I do the math as well. But so. Again, right? again it's, it's all about, it's all about alignment. For some people, like it's more important than their balance in their life. Like I don't want to just run around all the time and process the file, do prospecting, do whatever, uh, you know, I just do all the stuff for me and I, and I just go close the deal. But again, we're in a people business, and we all know as, as human, we're predictably irrational. That's something I can guarantee you is right. So you know, that same person might think Brian is right, and tomorrow think Michael's right, and then the next day might think Brian is right. So really, at the end of the day, you're both are. Well, and here's the thing. There's a couple of things you got to consider. One, it depends on where they're at in their life at the time and it's going to change. And there's, there's going to be times when they just want the more predictable. Look, I know that I can just come over here. I can be a part of this system. I can crush it. I've got a support system. I've got, th I've got accountability in place that I don't have when I'm on my own in a brokerage. Um, and frankly, I have a, a very different level of profitability because I don't have all the expenses. So you can't, it's not apples to apples to say, well, you know, if I'm on a 50, 50 split, then I can, I can do half the number of transactions and make the same amount of money. That's not true at all because you have a lot more expenses on your own. You've got your CRM, you've got your lead flow, you've got your assistant, you've got all the different expenses that you have to pay for now on your own that you don't have when you're on a team. Now, does that mean uh, that I don't want to be in, in a brokerage that provides a ton of value like a long and, and grant? brokerages do? No, not at all. Uh, and, and Brian's yours as well. I forget, uh, you know, all of your brokerages provide tons of value. Um, the point is simply this, you've got to beat people where they're at you, and don't presume that we know the answer to what's best for them because we don't. Uh, the only way we're going to get to the answer of what's best for them is by having the conversation with them, by allowing them to discover what's going to be best for them, show them all the options. And here's the reality. When you have a team and a brokerage, it doesn't matter what's best for them. It, you've got something that's going to be a great fit for them, right? So figure out what that one thing is and let that be their thing. And you'll find that they'll move from your brokerage to your team and from your team to your brokerage from time to time. And hey, everybody wins. Great. Good on you. Like, that's great. <laughs> And I agree 100% with that. That's one of the advantages of having a brokerage like the three of us have, or there's other models that, that allow you to get similar type things. I'm not going to go into that, but yeah, it's great to have some place for them. And I think that what, here's, I think what your ultimate point is, Michael, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that you have to have a place for them to grow. Maybe, yes. it's, in, maybe it's inside the team, maybe it's inside the brokerage, maybe it's inside a big umbrella, whatever it is. But if you don't have room for people to grow, you're going to lose your best people because they want to grow. So I always, I, I always like to quote, uh, you know, or, or reference Gary Keller on this. And I've never been a Keller Williams agent. I have nothing against Keller Williams, but I've never been affiliated with him. We've got lots of coaches and clients at all different brands. We're completely brand agnostic here. I'm just throwing that out there. But Gary's a smart guy. And, and one of the things that he said was, you've got to continually grow the circle of opportunity for the people that, that are working in your organizations. And, to, and if, as soon as you stop growing their circle of opportunity, their, their ability to grow ceases. And as soon as their ability to grow ceases, they're going to find another place where they can grow. So it's incumbent upon us as leaders to figure out how do I find more ways for the people in my organization to grow beyond what we think is possible for them right now? What does that look like? How do we find more opportunities for them? And, and how do we make it really easy for them to do that? And to the extent that you can do that, and to the extent that they know that you're constantly looking for those opportunities and that you're motivated to constantly find those 
opportunities for them, they'll continue to stay with you. They'll continue to enhance both your, your organization and your organization's culture. Yeah, that's good. Hi. Hey, we only have a few minutes left, I think. Yes, so um, I wanted to take a quick second and just give a few bullet points of some of the things on my mind for the workshop, if anybody's interested in the workshop. So we already talked about the first step for me, which was getting super, super, super clear about who you are, where you're going, why are you doing it? Um, for me, another big, huge proponent piece of it that Michael talked on earlier is the onboarding piece of it. So for me, if you're going to try to start recruiting, you got to get super clear and then you have to have an amazing onboarding process before you start reaching out to people, in my opinion. So make sure the onboarding is fantastic because he's exactly right. The first two weeks, everybody's asking them, why'd you move? What's going on? How is it? Tell me everything. And they want to know if it's a safe move for them as well. And if your onboarding is not amazing, then forget it. You just shot yourself in the foot and you lost yourself who knows how many people because you didn't take the time to make your onboarding amazing. So for me, that's the second piece. The third one would be getting a really clear um, elevator pitch or a package where it's communicated very clearly, very quickly, just transparent as you can be. And then the fourth thing is the actual recruiting, which for me, I like to think of it as a pitchfork, you know, with four different prongs. So you've got one prong that is the direct ask, you know, the, the targeted um, text messages, emails, going directly after that person, phone calls, lunches, coffees, all that kind of stuff. The second one would be constant Facebook ads and marketing, just generic marketing, making sure that your message is getting out there clearly. The third one is having a really good agent incentive for the agents to get involved with the recruiting as well, making sure everybody knows what that is and that they're involved with it. And then the fourth one is a more subliminal type of recruiting where it's where you are consistently, like Long was talking about the omnipresent, you are consistently bringing value to your whole market constantly so that the whole market knows your face. They know the way that you talk. They know that you're a trustworthy person, that you're constantly bringing great value to you, but in a, in a non-recruiting way, it's just purely here's value for you. Um, so those are the four pieces for me that when I think of recruiting, that's kind of the package where I'm, I'm headed for the workshop. Yeah, for me, it'll be a, a blending that with, uh, with Grant is the 10 step. Step number one, you got to know who you are. If you don't know that, how are you going to know who you want to, to, to go after, right? Then step two is know who you want. They fit for who you are. And then step three is to, to have your unique uh, recruiting proposition. What, 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 why the reason if you, know, if you know who they are and who they, you want, why they want to be with you? And then identify those target audience. Where do you find that? And your market might be MLS, you know, market view broker, broker metrics. And then have a stack and layer campaign we talked about. Uh, you know, social media, uh, you know, mailers, uh, uh, email, you know, uh, webs, all the omnipresent we talk about. And then actually get the appointment. How do you actually get in front of them? You know, have a system set up for that. And then know your presentation, like Greg said. For me, the biggest thing is besides the elevator speech, which you should have, because we have 520 recruiters out there. They should all say the same thing. Whatever that elevator speech is, if you want the opportunity to help them recruit as well, because we also have a, a recruiting incentive. But know your presentation because when you do meet with them for the interview to make sure it's a good alignment, don't just value dump. Make sure you listen to them, who they are, so you can personalize the 10 value proposition. Maybe these three are the one that's going to resonate with them the most. And then after that, you have a follow-up, just like your buy and seller, right? The success is in the follow-up. If you don't have a follow-up process system set up after you meet with the people, 
might as well, you know, that you're not going to have very good conversion rate. So then very, very important is the onboarding. That's your honeymoon period. If you're not doing a good job there, they are getting the call from the office and the team where they came from. And the very last one is circle back and social proof. Now let's show what you have done and help these people long-term. You got two and a half years now, Grant. We can show the success for us. It's 104% increase average our first year when an agent with us. Now we can go out there and show the social proof. So that's a 10-step I'll be focusing on. Dude, that's huge. I feel like that's just be like, mic drop. I love it. Brian, anything to add to that or any of you, anything to add before we wrap up? We've literally got one minute left and we've got to wrap up. And, and by the way, if you guys have questions for these guys, type them into the chat in your Facebook feed right now. And if we can't get to them live right now, we will definitely all go back in and we'll answer your questions in the feed after the, uh, the show. But any, co any, any of you three coaches have anything to add at this point? I want to add this final thought as you guys are doing all this stuff that, that Grant and Long are talking about. If you join the workshop, I want you to listen to what, what Long just talked about. And the thing that, that I keyed in on and Long and I've had a lot of these conversations, by the way, guys, these aren't, these aren't smack them once and, and close, smack them once and close. Realistically, you're going to meet with people three times, probably at the minimum. So I want you, everyone who's watching to realize this, this isn't an expired. I'm not going in there for 45 minutes, slamming paper and closing it. We are building a long-term relationship. You need to act that way when you're recruiting. This, you're dating these people, for lack of a better way to put it. it this is not a, a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am. This is, I'm dating these people. I want them to become part of our family. So keep that in mind with your scripting and what you're doing. And don't, if you don't close on the first time, that's okay. Do it over and over and over again. Fortune's in the follow-up just like any other lead generation. So that's my I final thought. That. And Great. not only do I love that, I love that. I, I, I don't think I ever expected to hear Brian Curtis say, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, on a live <laughs> it, it accidentally came out. I apologize. That's really not what I was getting at. It just... <laughs> Sometimes stuff comes out of my mouth, and I'm not I, I super proud said, of that moment. I to be honest, said, just, to be, uh, just for equality, I would have said, "Wham, bam, thank you, sir." But how, how, about, how about this? It's not a one-night stand. That's really what I was getting at. And uh, <laughs> okay, so we've got to go. Here's what I want to do, uh, guys. If you would do me a favor, could you coaches, could you each go into the Facebook feed there and just maybe do a quick little video? You know, you can do it just you know with your Facebook button. Just do a 30-second video of your elevator pitch. Uh, Kyle Crawford was asking for that. I think that's super awesome. I'd love if we had more time to have you share those now but just jump into the facebook feed and uh throw your elevator pitch in there i would love to see it i think it would be helpful for everybody guys one of the things that i came away from today and i hope you did as well is that here you've got three of the smartest guys on the planet and and me uh but the, the, these three really intelligent guys and and i'm telling you none of them do it exactly the same way but there are some commonalities in how each of us recruits and and one of those commonalities is that we just go after it. We don't wait until everything's perfect. We make it happen. We figure out ways to bring people into our world and those people help make that world better for everyone. So I would encourage you to take action. Be the ready, fire, aim person, right? Get out there and do something today to take action toward recruiting. Uh, because guess what? If you don't take action today, it ain't gonna happen, right? So you gotta do Here, something. Can you, can you see this, Michael? I can't read it. Dreams, dreams are just goals who rolled up their sleeves and got to work. I, I love it. That's fantastic. See, and, and that's the thing, you guys, if you want to make it happen, you got to just get in there and make it happen. And it starts with get signed up for the, the, uh, the recruiting workshop. Uh, it's intense. It's done with you. There's only 15 people, uh, room for 15 people in this thing uh, so that we can really help each one of you out. And we're going to implement these things together. So that said, have an awesome day. Thank you coaches so much. Can't thank you enough for being here. And don't forget to check out WiseHire as well, you guys. Each one of us on this call uses WiseHire in our recruiting process. And you get a discount 
if you go to clubwealth.com forward slash wise hire. Take care, everybody. Have a great day.